0: Welcome back from our intermission. Now let's learn our second letter of tonight. Letter number 27. Wow. Letter 27. Can you believe that? You know what that means? After this letter, we just have three letters. We have the Mitzvah Shabbos letter. We have the Sunday night letter. And we have the final letter, the 30th letter that we are going to learn together at the oil on Oil on Aleph. Oh, by the way, if you're having a problem on zoom, just go to YouTube. Maybe somebody post the YouTube link in the zoom chat. Yeah. Somebody post the YouTube link in the zoom chat, please. And I think you'll have better, uh, better connection there. Okay. Baruch Hashem, Aleph, Ador, Tofshin, Tezvav, Brooklyn, Shalom Avracha The first day of Ador, otherwise known as Resh Chedesh Greetings and blessings B'mayna al mibeis truma in answer to your letter from the second day of the week of Parshus Truma Ulapela al It is shocking Wondrous, baffling, perplexing. What you wrote, or the language that you wrote, the expression, the words that you wrote. I don't know if the Rebbe is quoting here or paraphrasing, but the Rebbe is saying it was really perplexing what you wrote. They decided, who's they? You know, they. They decided not to. To take you for the job And the main reason why they decided not to take you for the job Is because you have a beard Crazy stuff you're writing Absolutely crazy Now, without reading ahead My friends This is our 27th letter Of the Rebbe You tell me Why is it a pella? The Rebbe says it's a pella. It is baffling that you could write that they didn't take you for the job because you have a beard. You tell me, my dear friends, why is it baffling to the Rebbe? And why, why, why should it be baffling to us? And if we're going to learn anything from this letter, I think it should be that what baffles the Rebbe should baffle us. Why is it baffling to write? They didn't take me for the job, and the main reason is because I have a beard. You tell me. Let's not read ahead yet. You guess. Why not? Why is that not possible? Why is it absurd to even suggest such a thing? You're correct. You're correct. How can doing something good, how can doing a mitzvah cause you bad? How can you lose out from doing a mitzvah? You see, in the Rebbe's worldview— It's not, well, sorry, sometimes you just got to do the right thing and suffer for it. It's not how it works. And we've had this before. We've had this before. The physical and the spiritual go hand in hand. The same Hashem who gave us the Torah and its commandments made the world. So, how could this world be in conflict with the will of the same Hashem who made the world? It's not possible. And to the contrary, the key to success in this world is following Hashem's will. So some some might say, sorry, what can I tell you? You're a Yid. Shverzer is a Yid. It's difficult to be Jewish. Sorry. Never promised you a rose garden. It's a tough life. But that's not how the Rebbe says. The Rebbe says, you know, you may be having hardships in life, but, you know, life is sometimes hard. It's not because you're keeping mitzvahs. How could mitzvahs make your life harder? Mitzvahs don't make your life harder. Mitzvahs make your life better, and especially a beard, which was the person's complaint here, and that I was going to explain. Especially a beard. I want to take a look. Let's take a look. But you're going to see what the Rebbe says here is in line with what you would expect the Rebbe to say if you're learning these letters properly and you're learning how to think. And I want you to check in with yourself and see if you're starting to recognize patterns. And I know there may be those real chassidim who would tell me that, that that's not really how you're supposed to learn the Rebbe's letters, and that Rebbe's letters are, are so holy that we can't understand them. I, I understand that argument. But I think that Rebbe took time to write these letters and to publish these letters and to push and push and push that these letters should be published because um, we're supposed to learn from them. And it means we're supposed to learn how to think. Yes, we're supposed to learn how to think. And if it's working, then I think it is totally reasonable to think that I should be able to get three lines into a letter of the Rebbe and guess how it's going to unfold. Now, the Rebbe is going to surprise me because the Rebbe will always say things that I I would never have thought of. But the basic approach, yes, I think it's a credit to the Rebbe as a teacher that regular people like us can learn how to predict the direction that that a letter of the Rebbe is going to go. 100%. I think it's the greatest nachas that a teacher can have. And I hope that that's been happening for you during these past 26 evenings. And now that we're on the 27th evening, I hope that we're uh, we're finding that our way of thinking has has changed and evolved and become more aligned with the Rebbe's thinking, which is ultimately the greatest hiscashis there can be, is through learning the Rebbe's teachings. And allowing those teachings to shape our thinking Let's see what the Rebbe says Um, we'll move on, it is understood And again, when the Rebbe says it's understood Especially if the Rebbe says it's self-understood Or goes without saying Or it's superfluous dimension That means it should be It should be superfluous dimension It should be obvious to you And if it's not yet obvious to you our Rebbe is giving us an opportunity right now to pause, to stop, to open up our heads, and to let something sink, sink in, and to take it now really, really to heart as an axiom upon which we should base our our view of reality. That's what's happening over here. So umuvan, it's understood. Shei afshur, it's impossible. Shahadavar kainhu, that that's what happened. You said they didn't take you for the job, and the main reason they didn't take you for the job is because you have a beard. That doesn't happen. There's no such thing. That doesn't happen in God's world. That, That equation does not add up. It's an impossibility. You understand? It's not just that's not what happened here. No, that's not what happens ever. That cannot happen. Let's continue. Hashem is the Rabbeinei Shalaylam. What is Rabbeinei Shalaylam? We just say Rabbeinei Shalaylam. We say it so often it loses all meaning. But Stop a second. Let's say it in English. Master of the world. Master of the world. Master of the world. The Rebbe says Rabbeinei Shalaylam isn't just like a name that Hashem has. That we just say without thinking. It has a meaning. It has a meaning. Rebbeinu Shalalem means the master of the world, literally. And the United States of America is included in the world over which Hashem is the master. And by the way, I'm 100% comfortable saying that Ebbe knows that that's funny. That's, that's funny. <laughs> that Hashem is the master of the world, literally, which includes even the United States of America, because the United States of America is also part of the world, and Hashem is a master of the world. The Eben knows that's funny, okay? And from this, by the way, learn what real humor is. Real humor doesn't have to be gut-busting hilarity. Real humor is toichen. That's a real joke. That's a funny joke. That's a Jewish joke. Hashem is the master of the world, which, you know, I think that includes also America. America is also part of the world. Huh? Hashem must be the master of the United States of America too. Wow. Who'd have thunk? Right? That's funny. Ve'keven <laughs> <laughs> Wow. And since Hashem revealed his opinion in his Torah, his holy Torah, a Torah, which is, and I think there's a double meaning here. Teyrus elam means a teira that is eternal, but it also means Tayrus elam, the teira of the world. It's not just a teira in atzilus; it's the teira in elam hazeh. And a teiras chaim, a living teira, meaning a teira that you live with, that you live with, not just a teira. You learn it and then you go out and you die because you have a terrible life that's going to kill you. God forbid. No, it's a teira of live v'chaybahem. This is a teira that's going to help your life. It's going to enhance your life. The, the beard, Hashem reveals in his holy Torah this knowledge that the beard is the 13 strands which represent the 13 attributes of mercy. We had this in a previous letter, by the way, that the beard represents Hashem's quote unquote beard. Obviously, Hashem has no body or corporeal image. But in Kabbalah, metaphorically, what we refer to is as the, the 13 tukune diknum, in strands of the beard, which really represents flows or emanations of divine compassion, of rachamim, from on high. So that's what it represents in the paradigm, in the archetype, in the nimshal, in Hashem. And then that's mirrored, that's reflected anthropomorphically in the, in the human image, the person who's created in God's image. So when you have your 13 tikonei dikna in order and intact, so that allows the yud gimel dikna, which is the yud gimel mechilu derachamim, the 13 uh, attributes of mercy, to flow into your life. So those are channels of blessing. The beard represent channels. The beard represents channels of blessing of all types. He says shemeshpim kol Means everything, all types of blessing. Not just a job, but everything. The beard is going to help with everything. Yeah. Even that which is beyond nature. These are big brahas. This is the same manamakim that uh, that Rabbi gave in a previous letter that if you want to find out more about the beard representing the 13 attributes of mercy, you should look in the Tzemach Tzedek's Pirash on the words Vuhurachum, uh, which is published also in the appendix the additional material of the Oil of Yitzchok to Hillim. Hare E. sure. It is impossible. E. E. that. Increasing blessing in your life Because the beard is doing that The beard is increasing blessing in your life (inaudible) That that should cause An obstacle to receiving your livelihood See, it doesn't compute How can you tell me The beard, which is opening up channels for blessings All types of blessings, including blessings for livelihood that that would be the cause to not get livelihood. It doesn't even make sense. It's a it's a obey. It's a terminological incongruity. It just it cannot be. Okay, okay, fine. I accept it on faith, but I still don't know what to do with this because. And, and and what if? Okay, the guy doesn't say this, but let's say, let's say they say to him, "By the way, we don't like your beard. We're not hiring you because of the beard." Now the guy didn't say that, but let's say. Just for the sake of argument, that's, what's ha- that's what happened. Okay, I don't think that that never happened. I think that happened where somebody was told, we can't hire you because of your beard. Would the Rebbe still stick to his guns and say, it's impossible, it's not, it's not shy in God's world that somebody didn't get a livelihood because he has a beard? What if, the, what if the non-Jews told you, we don't like your beard? Okay, so let me tell you something. Let's say they're anti-Semites <laughs> Anti-Semitism exists But anti-Semitism Cannot prevent a Jew From accomplishing whatever he, he needs To accomplish in this world And someone not liking a beard Even if it's not for anti-Semitic reasons He just doesn't like it for whatever reason That also cannot stop a Jew From accomplishing what he needs to accomplish in this world Okay how do you explain the fact that I didn't get the job? Okay, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that, Ella. But rather, <speaking in Hebrew> we do not know why. We cannot probe the depth, figuratively speaking why this job was not appropriate for you or for your family. In other words, you didn't not get the job because you have a beard. The beard is your asset. That's bringing blessings, including the blessings for livelihood into your life. You didn't get the job because the job wasn't a blessing. You didn't get the job because the job wasn't a blessing. Oh, well, that stinks for his kids. Because <laughs> in order that he shouldn't have to have a job, that wouldn't be a blessing for him. Now his kids have to have a father who can't put bread on the table? No, but look what the Rebbe said. That that job wasn't right for you or your family. That job wasn't right for you or your family. We don't know why, the Rebbe says. What what do you want? We we should know Hashem's plan? We can't can't understand the vast eternal plan. We, We don't know infinity. But from the perspective of Hashem, who knows all, who has infinite knowledge, it was obvious that job was not good for you, and it wasn't good for your family. So nobody lost out here. Nobody lost anything. The job wasn't good for you, and it wasn't good for your kids. Neither of them. Meaning not for you and not for your kids. Nobody lost out. And the Rebbe doesn't spell this out here, but even if they had told you, I'm confident to say, even if they had told you, we're not taking you because of your beard, that's not why you didn't get the job. The beard can only help make your life better. You didn't get the job because Hashem was protecting you from having a job that wasn't good for you or your children. You know, there's a saying, man's rejection is Hashem's protection. Yeah, it hurts sometimes to be told no, to be refused, to be turned away. And maybe even the person who's rejecting us has ill will towards us. That may be true. Like I said, the anti-Semites may really hate us. But that's not why anything bad happens to you. They don't have that power. They have that power or Hashem has all power. So yeah, people might not like us and people might reject us. People might turn us away. Those are brachas. Those are blessings. Hashem's protecting us from stuff that's not good for us. And that's exactly the case here. That's what happened. Let's continue. emes. In truth, it doesn't matter why it happened. What, you want to know? Oh, because the job where you're going to work a week from now, the factory was going to explode and everyone's going to blow up. That's what you need. You need some corny story. You need to know. It doesn't matter why. I don't need to know why. (laughs) I don't need to know why this was good for me. I just need to know that it is good for me. And if I believe in Hashem and the Hashem is Rabbeinah Shel Eilam, of which the United States of America is part, then I know that this was good for me. Why was it good for me? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the reason it's good for me to not have this job is something that is protecting me from, that's 10 years down the line that I can't even fathom. I can't even predict it because I, I, I don't even know yet I'm going to be in a situation 10 years from now. Or maybe it's my children or my grandchildren. Who knows? You think we know? We don't know. You have to be infinite to know such things. But the Rebbe says, there's no nafkamina. There's no practical difference why this was good for you. It was good for you. Elashakavan Shakarish Barakhoo Hamashkiya Kale and Bashka protis since Hashem is supervising with individualized supervision. Sibave Hasibais. He orchestrated things. Shala Yove Lagursham. That you shouldn't come to live in that place. In other words, this job was going to require moving somewhere. And Hashem protected this man and his family from having to go to that place that wasn't good for them. And it wasn't because of his beard. He was saved because of it. If anything, (laughs) he was saved because of his beard. And again, the Rebbe uses the plural. This wasn't good for them at all, at all. I want to re- repeat that Because I want to make sure this is very clear It's not that, oh, Nebuch, you know Tati was saved from a job that would have been bad for him He would have hated it But it would have been good for the kids he, Tati would have made a lot of money They would have been happy No, no, no It wasn't, it wasn't going to be good for anyone involved And Hashem, And what's the proof that it wasn't good for anyone involved? That nobody ended up moving to that place Hashem is so perfect, so unfathomably perfect beyond our puny ability to compute. Hashem works it out that whatever happens is actually the best thing for all parties involved simultaneously, if you could wrap your mind around that. I certainly can't. I have faith. I believe in that. Intellectually, I can't grasp it. It's just too much to grasp, but it's an amazing thought that all parties involved it's not like oh one guy got saved but the other guy had to get messed over on account of the guy who's getting saved because what what can i do i can't save everybody what you think hashem's up there doing triage looking down and saying, oh i could save those people i can't save. hashem's right here orchestrating everything every detail every tiny little detail And he's getting it right 100% of the time. Now, sometimes the way he gets it right is painful to us. I'm not going to pretend that sometimes it's not painful. And getting rejected from an employment opportunity is pretty low on the list, by the way, of, of painful things that happen in this world, especially in this Gullus. But even when those crazy things happen and those painful things happen, Hashem's getting it perfectly right. And it's not because a person did this or a person did that. Hashem should give you the merit and the success of being able to see such a beautiful bracha visible revealed good without concealments or coverings which fuel the the seductive arguments of the other side. In other words, the Rebbe is acknowledging here, I know that when you get rejected from a job, it's very hard to not allow that to become fodder for the negative internal voice to come and start to rattle you and to throw doubt at you. Oh, your beard really so helpful, huh? You're so smart. You think the beard really helped you? Look what it did to you. Look, you don't have a job, right? The Rebbe says, I know that that stuff is fuel, that stuff is fodder for the other side. And that's why I'm benching you now that from now on, the good should be revealed. Not that you should start having a good life. You already have a good life. And getting rejected from that job was part of that good life. Hashem just did a beautiful thing for you. That was such a blessing. I think they call it in English, blessings in disguise, right? It's trite as it sounds, sounds trite, but that's the reality. But the Rebbe gives a blessing here at the end, and from now on, your blessings shouldn't be in disguise. Because I know how hard it is. Well, the blessings that are in disguise, they give too much. <laughs> they give too much of a platform to the negative voice inside to start messing with us. So that Eva says it's been good not getting the job was good, but you know the next thing that happens to you should be something where it's recognizably good. You should look at it and be like, "Oh, I see. Now it even matches my intellect, even matches my puny mortal limited intellect and I see that this is this is good for me. Bevrokhlo atzlocha with blessings for livelihood and success in your endeavors. And uh, that is Our second letter Of Leil Shishi Have a wonderful Restful Shabbos Shabbos HaGodol And the Shabbos before Yod Aleph Nissen Shabbos is the day That blesses the entire coming week It's a big week Big week coming up Shabbos